Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have Rene Khanna. Rene is a clinical herbalist, a purveyor of ancient wisdom and medicine. Over the last five years, she's been using this knowledge to help women around the world battle PMS and painful periods. Not only that, these women have been able to transform their lives and feel energized and vibrant throughout their cycle. Personally, she went from experiencing exhaustion, mood swings, swelling, and cramps to not only having no symptoms, but feeling full of energy all month long. This wisdom has been a game changer. It's so near and dear to her heart that she has made the decision to leave her corporate career to pursue the mission of spreading this knowledge to women around the world through online programs, how to stop painful periods forever in 90 days or less. Rini, it is so nice to have you on Joyfully You podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, I I think this is so um, important, especially for women's health, for us to understand our periods. I know growing up for me, it was very much like a hush hush, like something that you need to kind of be embarrassed about. And like we learn this embarrassment from our parents, from the culture, depending, you know, a lot of our audience is in the U.S. and in Canada. Um, We do have listeners from all over the world, but, you know, kind of speaking to that culture we grew up in was, you know, do you have a tampon? Like everything's quiet, not to like cause any scene, not to let people know we're on a period. Cause then there's all this other stigma around emotional shaming around feeling off or like moody. So there's just, I feel like there's this big wrapping of shame that's been, you know, packaged around not talking about our period or not being open about it. And so I just, I think it's so cool the work that you do. And I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you. You bring up an important thing because a big part of the work I did was digging into how we got to that point. Because it, when you dig, when you go back far enough, it was a source of a woman's power. It actually wasn't meant to be something that was stigmatized. So what happened somewhere in between that we went from our menstrual cycle being our power to being, you know, something that was dirty and to be ashamed of and you're literally hiding your pad as you go to the bathroom, like you say, right? Because you don't want anyone to know, you know? And we talked about, last time we talked, I said, like, it's like the thing that keeps humanity alive. Without it, it's, there would be no more humans. So it's such a big part of who we are as humanity, not just as women, like, you know, all mm-hmm. of us together. So that's yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I've uh, traveled and I've lived in Mexico and I've been around areas there and learning about some of the past culture around that, that, that time when women were bleeding and because, you know, this tribal, everyone syncs up and everyone's in line together, you know, um, and how it was such honored, sacred time. The men knew that the women get to gather that time, that they would get visions and they would get like these different things of like honoring it as sacred, you know? And that's something that has been a big journey is learning how to make it sacred and not being upset about it, but leaning into the wisdom of it. So like, what would you say are some of those first steps to reclaiming the power of the of your menstrual cycle? I think that is like you, you, you nailed it on the head right there is recognizing it as something sacred. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about, and if some of your listeners might've heard of the red tent, right? So the red tent was that place where the women went to have those visions and to be pampered and to get the solitude that they need to connect with the divine. Cause that's when your connection to divine is strongest when you have your period. Right. Um, and that's why, you know, there's certain traditions, even growing up in, in, my household, you're not even supposed to go to places of worship when you have your period, right? Like it's 
because you're so powerful, you're supposed to take that time for solitude. You're supposed to go, but it started to look like something dirty. And one of the things that I tell every woman that that's my client is that every cell in your body is eavesdropping on your thoughts. And the minute you start being ashamed of your period, the minute you start calling it dirty or a curse or, you know, like the horrible part of being a woman, it starts to take that form in your body and it starts to cause pain and you start to build resistance towards it because you're like, I don't want to experience this and it's going to pop up when I'm on vacation. And, you know, like we're trying to regulate it and medicate it away when if we just opened up our hearts and accepted it as part of who we are. Um, the pain already starts to diminish. And I think that's probably the biggest first step that any woman needs to take is say, hey, like, this is actually a really great thing about being a woman and something I want to learn how to embrace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So the first step is starting to see it as secret, starting to honor that. You know, something that really helped me with that process was, and it sounds silly, but talking about it and involving people in my life about where I'm at in my cycle, because then I instantly would like normalize it. And even though the response would be like, why are you telling me this? And I'm like, well, it's important to my health, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, I think one of the biggest challenges was the idea of being okay to rest, being okay with like needing to go slower because I realized how much ingrained, like such an ingrained perspective of, slowing down is lazy. You know, I was in corporate culture too, before starting coaching about four years ago. Like, so I get that feeling of, um, and it's societal messages, right? It's not even like our truth. It's truth that's been told to us based off of maybe the working cycle that men can uphold a lot easier. That is more day to day, chop the wood each day can be routine. And they thrive in that when, as women, if we try to work like men, we would get really burnt out. You know, and we are burnt out, right? Yeah. Like how many of us are feeling burnt out? We're feeling stressed. And so men operate in a linear format and they're, they're much more linear than we are. They're not completely linear and they have their cycles too, but we are, we have this clear cycle that's going on within us every single month or whatever your menstrual cycle is. And at the height of that cycle is when you're ovulating, right? That's when you're at your peak and you've got loads of energy and you're out there and you want to be outwardly connected. And then you come down. I kind of see it as a circle and that top of the circle is ovulation. And that's when you hit that, that line of expectation. That's where you're setting your bar. Where I'm at at ovulation is where I should be all the time because I'm so giving, I'm so nurturing and I'm so capable and I'm outwardly focused and, you know, I want to be there all the time. And then we go off our cliff and come down into our period and that's PMS. And that's the bottom of the circle is when we have our period, it's that time of inward alignment. Right. And so this concept, when we're in that, in that second half of our cycle, our feminine energies come alive. And these are energies of chaos, emotion, intuition, playfulness, creativity. And it's, it's time of introspection. It's time of reflection. It's time to like, you know, if you manifest with the moon at all, that's the time after the full moon that you're releasing things and letting things go. And for that, you need to slow down and center and ground and somehow in our society, because we're, you're not, it doesn't seem like you're growing on the outside, that's considered lazy. That's like, well, what's the point of that? We're all about growth and numbers and GDP. And we always want to see that chart going upwards, right? If you go into, you know, 
if I'm, my background is in, a little bit in finance. So like when you're going into that recession period, it's like, oh, well, that's horrible. But actually that's what sets you up for the next growth cycle. That's, that's a part of growth actually, right? So you have to kind of reframe it and be like, okay, what is the value? And that was actually the biggest thing that I got out of this when I understood when we say like, oh, it's a source of power. And it's like, well, is that just like a fancy way of like, you know, trying to stay positive about it, but it's not because once you understand what you can harness out of that feminine phase of your cycle, that's where you find the power. Um, and so it could be as small as like learning how to tune into your intuition or, you know, recognizing because these energies come at us, this emotion and intuition come at us. And we're not taught how to process this. We're taught how to process our logical thoughts, right? Think about it logically. Think about it rationally. But what if I just want to feel it irrationally? What do I do? How do I do that? No one teaches us that. So then we go into overwhelm and anxiety and we start to snap because we got to release these energies that are coming in and these these feelings that are arising, but we don't know how. Um, so yeah, we're almost like, like little children that way, you know, like we're, we're learning this for the first time in our lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you kind of mentioned stuff with the moon cycle. And when we had talked, you had shared that it's kind of a, it's a Western philosophy thing. And then you pair it with a lot of stuff around Ayurveda and learning about the different, um, energy points and like how that all relates. So I'm curious, you know, can you share a little bit about that Eastern and Western philosophies and kind of how they've met and what they are? Absolutely. The thing that when I, so, you know, I've been practicing herbalism and ancient medicine for many, many years. And when I learned about this wisdom, it was a story, actually. It's, it's an indigenous story that I heard about the moon and the ocean and how, you know, nature set it up so that women could cleanse and replenish you know, every 28 days with the waters of the ocean and, you know, um, in cycle with the moon. And I was like, that is so beautiful. And it was game changing. It was that last puzzle piece that I needed to truly understand my body and my health. And so things started to change. And I was like, okay, I want to really embrace this wisdom. I really want to embrace the fact that mother nature, when I'm feeling cramps and I'm feeling pain, it's because she's calling me. She wants my attention. And, you know, and then I kind of, tune into the fact that in Ayurveda, pain is associated with bitterness, the taste of bitter. And bitter is your crown chakra. And crown chakra is your connection to divine. And I was like, oh my God, there's some synergy here. And I kept going with it. And I started to pick up on a lot of interesting things. The first interesting thing is that through our cycle, for anyone who's familiar with the chakras, the, the seven chakras, the root, sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown, we're actually activating those energies as we go through our cycle. So you come out of your period and you're in your root chakra, right? And you're just starting, you've got that seed of inspiration when you connected with divine. Now you've planted it and you're growing roots, right? And then we go into our growth phase of the sacral chakra energy, which is all about like structure and creation and not creativity, not to confuse it with creativity. This is physical creation, the doing, that masculine energy starts to come alive in us, right? And so then we move into solar plexus where we're asserting our will and we're going out there and we're doing things. And then we're in ovulation, right in the heart center, connected to everyone around us. And biologically, we want to mate and we want to procreate. So this is why we're in our heart. We want to connect with someone at that heart level and, you know, um, 
be out there and be nurturing and giving. Um, and I'll get into the seasons in a second, but it's like the summer, right? When Mother Earth has so much fruit to give, she's in she's in her heart chakra. And then we go into the throat and the third eye. So this is what I talked about, that emotion, that intuition, that desire to express, which often comes out as like, oh, like she's snappy and I don't want to be around people because I'm snapping at them or I'm saying things, but you're really voicing your truth. And you're just doing it in a way because you're not sure how to process the energy it comes out in perhaps not the best way. We're not able to channel it. Um, but that throat chakra activates and then the third eye. And this is where our intuition becomes strong. Our dreams become more vivid and have more meaning. And this is the time to really go into that magical spiritual realm of ourselves. And then we move into the crown when we're having our period. And in that, that sort of, it's the ether energy. So the next thing I notice is that it actually lines up with Ayurveda. Ayurveda has um, five energies. So all of us are made up of, sorry, five elements. We're all made up of the five elements, which is earth, water, fire, air, and ether. So your bottom chakras um, are earth, and then you move up into water, into the sacral and solar plexus. Heart is your fire, and then your throat, your third eye is, is air, and then crown is ether, right? You're in the ethers, you're kind of connecting to divine in that crown chakra. So these, these um, elements kind of shift in us as we go through our, through our period and through our cycle. And I was like, they kind of correspond into seasons and into body types. And in Ayurveda, you can actually nurture yourself differently every season. And when they say nurture, it's not just food. It's not just exercise. It's your lifestyle, your habit, your socializing. So the kind of boundaries that you want to set for yourself should be different every season. And so I was like, well, why can't women apply this to their monthly cycle and start to nurture themselves differently and care for themselves differently and see themselves differently and literally see yourself like Mother Earth or like the moon? Because when you have your period, you're in your new moon, um, which is equivalent to winter, which is all about hibernation, going inwards. There's really nothing to give. Like think of snow and bare, you know, branches, cold. The ethers are very cold. So that's that winter. We come out of that and we go into spring and we're ready to get back out there. You kind of have that spring in your step, right? After you have your period and your, your, the seed is like, it's kind of like um, going, coming out of that dark soil, right? It's sprouting. It's taking form, taking shape. These are all masculine energies that are activated, and then you go into summer, ovulation, you're in your heat, right? The feeling hot, that's where that comes from, right? Um, you're in that heart chakra, you're ovulating, you're shiny, you're bright, you're like a full moon that just wants to be out there. And then we go into autumn and think about what happens to Mother Earth in autumn. She doesn't, like I said, in the summer, she has so much to give. She's not into giving anymore. She's releasing. The leaves are falling off the trees. Things are starting to dry out. Um, you know, it's that cozy feeling that you get in the autumn where you just want to like curl up. That's PMS, right? That's what you want to do. You want to curl up and just kind of not do too many things. You don't want to be that physically active anymore. So that's kind of how I started mapping it out. And then I started to work with women and I said, well, let's start to change your life instead of, you know, see yourself as a plant. If it's not flourishing, you don't blame the plant, which is what women do. Like, oh, well, you know, why can't I be like this all the time? Or why do I have ups and downs? You're not having ups and downs, you're just being cyclical, right? So let's reframe that and, and think of the plant. You're not going to blame the plant, you're going to change the soil, you're going to 
put it in sunlight or take it out of sunlight, change the water. Let's start doing that with you. And that just made all the difference in the world for, for women. And it was such a simple thing, but such a huge impact. Yeah. Oh, and it's so beautiful to be able to see it in regards to the cycles and what we see with nature, because just like you said, we aren't judging nature. We aren't rushing nature. We aren't questioning why it's doing what it's doing because we've accepted these seasons as what they are. Um, yeah, it's so that was so beautifully said and explained. Thank you for that. Yeah, that learning about some of this stuff was when I started my own business. Like I needed to learn about it because I knew that there was a way to, originally it was to optimize my productivity, you know, <laughs> that was originally why I'm like, if there's changes happening within me, I want to know what they are. Cause it, but it was still rooted in, cause I want to control it, you know, this very much of like having so, and I, what I learned throughout that is how comfortable I was in my masculine energy and how foreign it was to truly be in my feminine energy. And you mentioned, you know, a part of the feminine energy being chaos and emotion and, and energy moving, you know, I'd love to hear you kind of speak into that a little bit of like, because I think sometimes perceptions around feminine energy is very vanity based, you know, versus the actuality that is kind of chaotic. And like, so can you kind of speak into how we can lean into that feminine energy and embrace it when we've grown up in a world that wants masculine energy from us all the time? Yeah. And you know what, something you said is, is it's interesting because at the end of the day, it is about that productivity in your masculine phase. You do become more productive when you're in that masculine phase. The feminine energy is all about receiving, right? It's all about letting things in and receiving the gifts of life and receiving what's happening around you and becoming very aware of it as an observer, as opposed to the, this player that's moving in it, right? Um, I kind of look at, you know, um, one of my, so I have three kids and, and my middle guy. And so I've identified all their body types, right? So he's got a lot of air and ether energy. And he's that kid that goes to soccer. I used to have to like, we sat on the field on the side of the field for like the first three classes. And he just had to watch and watch. And he's just receiving what's going on and observing and, and watching. And then I had to kind of hold his hand for a couple of games and be like, come on, you got to start moving and running around. But he's embracing that feminine energy of just observation. And, you know, he went from sitting on the side of the field to getting on the field and being the best player in the team. And the first, you know, because he's not learning by doing, he's learning just by observing and receiving. And I think that's what we as women need to really say, that's the feminine energy. And feminine energy, of course, exists in all of us, right? Men have it too. So it's, it's about saying that there's so much value in sometimes just sitting back, observing, receiving, reflecting, understanding yourself before you go out there and jump in with two feet and do. And both of them, like both of these masculine and feminine energies, they only feed each other because then you're going to get out there and you're going to jump in with two feet and you're going to do it and you're going to be in your masculine energy and you're going to do it a lot better because you've already observed. And then when you do things, you're creating something now for you to observe in your next feminine phase and improve on it. So think of it almost like a spiral. You're not going in a circle. You're actually going in a spiral and slowly moving up. 
as opposed to if you were just on one side of the spiral trying to climb up the rungs, if you can visualize that, it's a lot harder than just kind of going into that feminine phase and then kind of moving up slowly in that spiral as opposed to trying to jump up the runs. And so some of the things that I tell women, if you're thinking about business and you're thinking about productivity is, is sit down in your business and think about all the tasks that are feminine. So like, you know, um, anything that's creative. So writing things, anything that requires your solitude, the kind of tasks where you're like, okay, I just want to sit down quietly by myself and get this done. You know, you put on your headset and you tune, those are all feminine tasks. Anything that requires brainstorming, that chaos, you have access to so many ideas, just start brainstorming, writing stuff down. Um, one of the stories I share is one of the, my, when I first got into this, and I was so gung-ho, like I, I'm also was very much in my masculine energy, right? So I heard it and I'm like, okay, we're gonna get this out there and I want every woman to know and, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, slow down. You got to live it first before you start going out there. So I had made this commitment that I'm going to get this out there to women around the world. And I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I was going to do it. And I was PMSing um, one night and I couldn't sleep. And I woke up and again, you know, the anxiety is very common during PMS. And I got this vision that I had to reach out to this woman who was going to mentor me and help me get this off the ground. And, you know, I was like, I have no idea who she is. Um, but I get an email from the name that I saw in my in my dream or my intuition, whatever you want to call it, right then. And it's asking me to join a program and or sign up for something. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I'm supposed to do this. So I click on the link to do it. And it's in some exorbitant amount of money. And I thought, yeah, there's no way I'm spending this kind of money in my sleep. I can't do that. And I kind of shut my phone, put it down, and I'm trying to go back to sleep. And I can't. And I kept thinking, if I want to share this wisdom with women around the world, I have to put my money where my mouth is. So I got up and I was like, all right, suck it up and purchase this thing, whatever it is. Woke up the next day with huge buyer's remorse. And I was like, I, I don't know what I did. I can't believe I did that. It took me until four o'clock in the afternoon to actually click on the email to find out what I had purchased. <laughs> And I actually purchased exactly what I needed to create my program and get it out there. And there was no amount of rational thinking that would have helped me make that decision that way. There was nothing I could have listed out pros and cons. I could have overanalyzed it forever and I wouldn't have made that decision. And that's kind of the efficiency I'm talking about. It's, it's getting to the place where you trust your gut so much and you know your cycle so well and you're like, okay, I know what phase I'm in. I know the, my third eye is active right now. So if I'm getting this idea, I'm acting on it. I'm not thinking. I'm not getting into my masculine brain right now. I'm just going to act. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it's you start to just get more and more of that in your business. So even with an idea, like suddenly you just get the right idea and everything just flows around it when you're in that feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful too. Cause that's leaning into trusting that chaos and those insights and that intuition when we really have been taught to like ignore it or like, Oh, feeling crazy. Oh, you know, like just calling it crazy and, and putting a period there. And, you know, so it's just like, it's kind of funny use of words with that, but um, you know what I mean? No, I do. And it's, it's one of the things I, I will point out is that it's, it's judge judgment free like judgment has a place in our lives right you need it to discern you need it to, mm -hmm. to help you at times but when you're in receptive mode you're supposed to be judgment free you're just observing you're just receiving 
Um, and so that's that benefit of it. You're kind of letting the universe do its thing for you. It's your time to sit back and kind of almost reap the benefits of all the seeds that you planted. It's harvest time, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about it seasonally, it's harvest time. It is time to reap the benefits of everything you planted and grew through the spring and the summer. So mm -hmm. yeah, start to see it that way and start to get in those, those feminine energies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, it's always like that for me, like the, the, that luteal phase right before my period that I call it the shadow work. You know, that's the shadow work. That's when like all the shadows are like screaming for me to look at them. And it's all the things that you don't really want to look at or the things that creates the most internal growth, right? It's not this external tangible thing. It's the internal growth. Um, and then once the period, I'm always so excited for my period to come down because I'm like, oh, it feels like just so much energy, like anxious style energy just totally dissipates. And there's a deep sense of relaxation, you know? Um, so it's kind of interesting that time before, although it's super uncomfortable, that chaos, the, the shadows, the, and sometimes it's the harvesting, but maybe it's looking at what isn't harvesting too, in order to like have that self-awareness, self-reflection. And so I'm just loving all of this stuff that you're sharing. Yeah. And if you, if you think about it, right, we can't just keep like PMS is not just one phase. It's got like many phases in it. Right. So once you've harvested everything, what's left nothing you're now in a void ready to create something brand new and for anyone who does shadow work right the hardest most uncomfortable thing for us is to sit in that void to really allow the pain to surface right pain remembers that crown chakra you're allowing it to surface and you're allowing yourself to feel it and release it and then there's that emptiness that like total like there's nothing now, like I've released this and I'm not holding on to this pattern. And now you get to start brand new. I think that's kind of another thing that we have to really not lose sight of is you can't make space for new things unless you've released the old or released the old patterns that are holding you back and not mm -hmm. allow you to have that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause so, then it's that question of who am I without this? Exactly, exactly. And that's why, so now you're, you're, who am I without this and where am I? And then you want to connect back to divine, to your source, you know, God, where you came from to remember who you are and come back new after your period and start with this fresh perspective on yourself and, mm -hmm. you know, what you want to do and why you're here. Mm -hmm. mm, so good. Yeah. Uh, something I wanted to ask you about too, you know, and this is it, 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 especially with that PMS, the time right before the period and throat chakras open, you know, um, we can have more awareness of things that bring us anger and the things that, you know, things that cross our boundaries or, you know, that ability to speak up for ourselves. Can you kind of speak into the role that anger plays a, a little bit for us? And how important it is because yeah. I think anger is to an emotion that we've been taught to avoid. Like, I, I don't know where I heard it, but I remember really young hearing something like angry is ugly, you know, of just it just not being, a, you know, not seeing it as a useful thing. Because I think I was always 
confused with anger and aggression, you know, of aggression, lashing out to someone versus anger, just allowing myself to be in that process. And I even noticed with my family, someone's angry. And there's always someone in the family that's like, no, just stop. It's okay. Relax. And it's like, and I'm, now I'm the advocate of like, <laughs> let him growl, let him scream. You need a pillow. Like, what do you want? To, you, need a, you need to punch something. Like, do you need to scream in the pool? You know, <laughs> encouraging it. Cause I see it as that release of energy, but it's still, it's still uncomfortable. Like I still have to check myself and I'm still learning how to sit with anger. I'm still like, I'm recovering people pleasers, still learning how to be okay in that energy. Um, and so I, last time we talked, there's some great insights. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I think like the biggest thing that we talked about was anger is meant to be transmuted into passion, right? Without passion, what's, what would this world be? We'd just be like a bunch of robots. It's the passion that, gives us our spark and energy for life. So without anger, there's no desire for change or anything new. And so we have to feel that anger, but again, like without judgment, right now we're in this receptive phase. And so it's the fact that we're trying to judge that anger and lay blame and like, you know, it's like, well, why did this happen? Let's get to the bottom of it. And it's like, well, why? You know, it's, it's, this is how I feel about something and I'm not liking this feeling. And I would just like to see it differently. And then you want to understand how is it, I want to see it differently and, and tap into those creative energies to, to transmute that anger into passion and create that new thing, that new vision of how you want to see things as opposed to right away because we just drop into that masculine energy and start to analyze it and tear it apart and make sure it never happens again and all of these things as opposed to just accepting and saying hey like this was a part of something that was so beautiful and this became with this part that I didn't like and that's the part we're going to release just like the trees will drop off the leaves and transmute into something new so it's really about transmuting anger into passion um, and one of the things that I had to work with, because I had a lot of anger, um, and I know I mentioned to you before, I was in a toxic relationship. So when you leave, like you're full of so much anger and resentment, <laughs> like it's like oozing out of you everywhere, right? So one of the things that I struggled with growing up, I was always drawn to Durga or, or Kali, right? Um, who's She's the goddess, the great goddess. And she was created in order to, you know, um, defeat the the biggest demons right the demon was given a, a boon that he could not be killed by any god so they had to create a goddess to kill off this demon and the way that she did it was through anger so how do we wrestle our demons how do we get rid of our own demons we require anger and so i had to really sit with so much of my anger and then let do start doing that shadow work because that's what anger when we say transmute to passion it's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. So you're sitting with your anger and you're like, where did I not set a boundary? Where did I hold a limiting belief about myself that is causing this anger? Because anger is never to anyone else. It's always because you're misaligned from your true self and you haven't set a boundary or said something that you wish you could have said. You know, in, in the end, that's really what I found it boiled down to. And that was the way I had to dissipate and work through and transmute all of that anger that I held and turn it into passion. And that like, when we talked about this before, we, we do what we do for a living and we're so passionate about it because of all that anger, right. That we went through. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, it's so, yeah. Cause like forgiveness has been one of the biggest journeys for me to awaken the power, the empowerment, the passion, you know, but it's funny because the step before forgiveness was a shit ton of anger. It was so much anger. And I, I, for a long time, I didn't even realize how much of that was anger towards myself and resentment towards myself because it just was so big of like, I had a toxic relationship too, where it just felt like he's a monster. I never want to talk about it again. Thank God it's over. Not realizing how much anger and resentment I had towards myself or fear that I might fall into it again. Cause I didn't even understand what the heck happened as to how it turned manipulative. And so that was, that created so much fear around trusting myself because I didn't know how it happened. So I was afraid that it could happen again, you know? And so that's, it's so funny because the things that I've been, the, I've been the most passionate about is the self-love, the self-forgiveness, the self-trust, because it is this, to me, it was scary to not feel like I could trust myself or that I had to be on guard and I couldn't let people in. Like I'm already a Virgo. There's already trust issues, you know? So it was like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's huge too. Right. Like even for me, like I had to really sit there and be like, it's so hard to turn that finger back around on you and direct your anger inwards but it's never going to transmute into passion until it's you're the alchemist. There's no alchemy happening outside of you. You can shout it out and put it on everyone else around you, but they're not going to transmute it. It's, it's only you. You're the, you're the one that has to do that, that inner work. And Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I know you mentioned forgiveness, I got to this point where I was like, well, if I'm forgiving, then I'm, I'm judging right there. I'm saying that, Hey, like, I know what you did to me was wrong and I forgive you for it. And why not just accept it and just say, you know what? It it was a thing that I don't really like, and I don't really ever want to have experience again. And I don't want other people to experience it. So by raising my own vibration, you know, it kind of, it has a ripple effect and, and we do this work and we raise everybody's vibration so that as humanity, no one, you know, is involved in this sort of situation again on either side, because I don't think anyone's happy. You know, I looked back and I was like, "Mm, no one was happy. Neither of us, no one was doing anything out of a good place. So um, yeah, it was kind of just like getting to that place. And then you're almost like, you're almost recreating the past when you do stuff like that. Like you're transmuting that anger and then that whole, the past the effect of it or the energy of it also changes, I suppose. Definitely, yeah. Because a lot of the like deep forgiveness that was, alchemizing you know that anger for me it was it was alchemizing fear and anger into like passion and power I guess you know but it was going back to certain memories and it was actually through a Pono guided meditation so it's like the Hawaiian forgiveness prayer of like thank you I love you I forgive you you know and will you forgive me of like clearing clearing the energy clearing cutting the ties you know that are keeping things but it was through like a, a somatic experience of fully relaxing and letting it be a feeling thing. Because as much as I tried to sit down and journal, I've decided today that I forgive myself. And it's like, consciously we try, but I'm just like, I feel the same. Why isn't that working? You know? And I think a lot of people will be from the outside hearing about talks around transformation and alchemy and healing and they're hearing it, but they're hearing it with their mind. They aren't 
feel it with their body. And I, you know, over time, I've started to believe that we really need facilitators because some of the biggest transformational experiences I've had has been facilitated by someone who's intentionally creating that space, you know? And so whenever I'm having conversations, I tell people, be open to the possibility that there's something that you could join or something that you could tune into, you know, a Zoom or something and allow someone else to guide you, which is also that feminine energy of allowing ourselves to receive and like believing we're worthy of it. Yes, that's so true. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is absolutely like one thing that I had to open up to too, is like, you don't have to do it all by yourself. You, there are other people out there that want, you know, in order for you to give, there has to be someone who's receiving. And at some point or the other, you're going to have to be on both ends. You have to receive and you have to give. Otherwise this, like, there's no, the energy isn't going to flow between all of us. Right. So yeah, we kind of have to open up to that a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so great to be able to hear about some of these different energies of things that are going on, you know, um, what are some tips, you know, if there's certain people that are listening that maybe they're just starting to track their cycle now, you know, what are some tips that you would give for people to start to, you know, reclaim that power and, and I would say accept that their period can be a blessing, not just a curse, you know, what are some um, tips or final things you'd like to share? I could share tips, but I had a question came up when you were talking and I hope it's okay to ask, but please. And it's something that I've never even explored since it's like, you know, kind of off the cuff, but had we had this knowledge that we have now that I've shared with you about your period and, and understanding anger and transmuting it and, and releasing it during PMS. And you had knew that known that since you were 13 or 14 years old and you were doing that every cycle, how do you think your life might've been a little bit different? And how do you mm. think you might have, been able to build that self-trust and that, you know, recognize toxic situations. Because one of the things we both said is that like, we didn't even see it coming. We didn't see it happening. And why didn't we see it happening? Because we weren't pulling back and receiving and observing. We were always in the masculine energy of like, well, let's move forward. Let's solve the problem. Let's keep going. And like, if we had had this knowledge and it just occurred to me now, like if I'd had that when I was 14, how would that have played out so differently, right? Mm, so differently. And I think the connection, like if I would have had this when I was younger, the connection to my body, I would have such a deeper loving connection to my body by tuning into what was going on. Like, oh my God, I can't even tell you how many like morning after pills that I took because I didn't want to get on birth control, but I also was just reckless in young in my twenties, you know, and how disconnected I was from my period and my cycle. And like, I was on uh, had an IUD where I didn't even have a period for like a year and a half. And there was a numbing of my emotions for that year and a half when I reflect back. And I think being, I'm a very sensitive person. And I think that like my, it, it would have made a world of a difference, you know, being able to have this knowledge because there wouldn't be shame as much. And I think that we as a generation get to change this going forward, especially around the conversations we have with our future daughters and nieces and sisters and stuff around celebrating and acknowledging and not try and not being hush hush about it, being open about it, allowing it to be an acceptable thing to talk about. And like, and so I think just simply the energy around how we see it can change, 
Because even like learning how to use a cup, for example, versus like tampons, like I don't use tampons anymore. I only use cup or I have like a free bleed, you know, which is like my favorite, which I was so freaked out and grossed out about the first time I heard about it. When someone told me about period panties, I was like, you're wearing a diaper. Like I was just so like, I was so judgmental and so just not like, it's so gross. Like don't touch anything down there. Like kind of a feeling of like that feeling of, Oh, it's dirty or Oh, it's gross. Or Ooh, blood. Right. But learning how to have more intimacy with the blood. And I know it sounds weird, but it's like, even just the cup, being able to see what it looks like being able to, then I started learning about what the colors and the darkness and the lightness means. And it had just created more intimacy with my own physical body which I've needed for my own growth and my own self-love. And so I want to be very open with future children or family members of talking about it as a sign of health and vitality and like it being interesting and it being important and, you know, versus like, she's on the rag. Don't talk to her. <laughs> you know, this very old school perspective. Right. Start to respect the women when they're there and be like, oh my God, she's PMS and she's probably got access to like this, you know, spiritual realm and knowledge and wisdom, right? Because the throat chakra is all wisdom. So like, let me sit next to her and, you know, absorb that wisdom. We're like, ah, oh, stay away from her. She's PMSing kind of thing. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, like that would probably be the number one tip I would give women is like, just reframe it, not just for you, but for all the women around you. And start to not talk about it openly for so many reasons. Cause number one, it takes a village to, to raise children and to have, you know, and I tell women, the more open we are, um, when we, they had the red tent, there was literally women's cycles. We know they sync up, right. And you all start to bleed at the same time. And which is great. Cause you know, then you and your bestie are not interested in going out because you both have your period. And then when you're ovulating, you both want to, you know, go out and do things together. So but at the same time, women can also um, sync up the opposite. So when when a woman has her period, the woman around her is ovulating so that she can take care of her. Mm-hmm. And this was a big part of the tense where there were women who would just generally, instead of syncing up with other women, would generally always be the opposite. And so they were there as the caregivers and taking care and then in, in vice versa. So as women, as we start to become more open in my company, um, I have a policy. If you have your period, you don't work and you have to be very open about it and just let me know because there's nothing to judge here. It's, it, I, I, you know, we're getting it. And so let's, we don't come to work. We take care of each other. Um, you know, if you're ovulating, you're doing the carpool. And if you're, you know, menstruating, you're taking your solitude and you're resting or even little things like cooking for each other, Right. Um, but then, you know, even taking it further and embracing not just your PMS, but the women around you. So when you're noticing that emotional outburst from other women, it's kind of like, okay, you know, she's got this, this anger that she's trying very hard to transmute into something else. And how do we hold space for that and hold space for each other, right? So it's kind of, yeah, getting us as as women, it's it's done. This isn't taboo anymore. This isn't dirty it never was. It was a misconception. And we need to now reclaim that and move it, like take it up a notch and move it up to the next level. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the policy and things that you have within your office and work environment. Because before you said that, I was thinking like, how incredible would it be if we were able to align tasks of things that we have to do for work with 
our 28 day cycle. And also I think that is so cool how, cause me and my friends, a lot of us, um, obviously we're very open about it. I have a big group of girlfriends. And so we always are like, are you bleeding on the full moon or the new moon? Where are you at? You know? And it's like one of my close friends, we're always on the opposite between new moon and full moon. And so it's so cool to hear about some of the, you know, that, that would happen to have that counter effect of being taken care of and then it being reversed and, and taking turns with that. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's huge. And like on that note, you mentioned about like, um, you know, how to organize our tasks. And I mean, that's a big one, right? Like, so when, you know, and if, if everyone wants to get a pen and paper, these are the tips, right? So, you know, number one, when you're coming off your period, you want to do all that planning and structural tasks, everything that requires rational thinking and logical thinking, everything that requires connection. So plan your meetings with other people, your team meetings or, or you know, whatever it is. Um, when you're in your, your ovulation, so you're going into ovulation, it's the time to connect. So sales calls are great. Reaching out, if you do cold calls, that's when you do cold calls. Connecting with clients, asking for what you need. You're in your power, right? You're in your heart center. You can connect. If you want to ask for that promotion, it's a time to ask. If you want to have a cheat day and, you know, have desserts, do it when you're ovulating because your digestive fibers are a lot stronger and you're going to digest and burn it off, right? Think fire, you're burning it off much faster. Um, and your ovulation is also a good time to do that task that has been really challenging for you to understand so that I can't wrap my head around that. I'm ovulating. My, my mind is on point right now and I'm going to figure this out. So, you know, don't struggle with it when you're PMSing. It's a waste of time. Um, you know, save that for ovulation. And then, go into the solitary tasks during PMS, right? So kind of the um, writing, the creativity, if you do social media, like this is a good time to write all your posts because you're going to get that in your throat chakra, right? You're in communication. That's what's strong in you right now. Um, writing proposals, whatever it is that, that requires that sort of communication. And then go into brainstorming as you get closer and closer to your period. And on the period, just be still. Just be still, just receive. And there are actually, I wanted to bring this up, there are countries now around the world, especially in Asia, where companies are required to give women two to three days a month off for menstruating. Like when, you're, when you have your period, you're not supposed to come to work. Um, and it, it's slowly in the Western world, we're picking up on this. Um, the, the association of obstetricians and gynecologists do say that a woman's menstrual cycle sh is, should be considered a vital sign. You know, it is indicating what's going on in your body. And oftentimes PMS, um, one of the things they do with my clients is let's decode your PMS. Cause it's not just PMS, your body's in a release phase, right? So whatever energy, because we hold on to energy, which then will manifest into a chronic ailment, right? So it's trying to release this energy before it manifests into a chronic ailment. And how it releases it, whether it's cravings, whether it's bloating, swelling, whatever you're experiencing is indicative of what chronic ailment can come down the line. So we need to decode this and adjust your lifestyle or your eating habits or your, your boundaries or whatever it is accordingly so that this doesn't happen. So it's a way of actually knowing what you're starting to manifest in terms of chronic ailments, which is huge. Yeah, that is huge. And that's such a 
cool perspective to have on it of like, no, there's a lot of keys and there's a lot of inside info here. It's not just something bad happening to you. It's not just unnecessary pain. You know, there's messages here. Yeah, absolutely. And there, yeah, definitely. I love that, that it's not unnecessary pain mm-hmm. and it's not, a, it's definitely not a sentence or a curse or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a gift. And um, it's time, I think, to reframe it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, Rini, thank you so much for all of this information and for sharing this time with us about what is it you do and this uh, beautiful work that you're helping women with around the world. It's incredible to hear about. How can people connect with you and get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, you can head on over to www.loveyourmooncycle.com. Uh, download some of my free goodies. I have some guides in there on how to, you know, navigate PMS. Um, and you can reach out from there. You can find me on Instagram as well at Love Your Moon Cycle. Um, it's probably the best way to to get in touch. Awesome! I love your website name, by the way, LoveYourMoonCycle.com. That's so cute. Thank you. It's about time we loved it. Right? Yeah, it's super cute, and it's it's. yeah it's complete love your moon cycle and even just calling it a moon cycle for some reason creates a little bit more of this like oh yeah it's a moon cycle you know because we don't judge the moon cycle we admire it so by instantly calling our you know noticing it as a moon cycle within ourselves, there's some admiration there so pretty cool yeah it moves you away from that old school biology of like you're gonna get your period several days a month and like that's that's it it's like this isolated period right amazing was there anything else you'd like to share with us before we close this episode no I mean the only thing I want to say to women is just the the biggest takeaway I got when I started getting into this work was that you know don't allow your period to be something that chips away at your self-esteem. And it's, it's one of the biggest things I see with women um, kind of, you know, I have ups and downs or why, you know, why can't I do this? And it, a lot of it just goes back to that feminine part of us, that womanhood that we're distancing ourselves from, and then it just becomes a vicious circle. And so, you know, start, first of all, ladies, just pull yourself out of it. Um, and I will add here, sorry, I should mention it before, but do check out my YouTube channel. I have an amazing video on there that really breaks it down and share it with all the women in your life, because it's, it's something that I think every woman needs to know now. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share with your listeners. Yeah, you're so welcome. It's been such an honor to have you here on the show at Joyfully You podcast. And this is wisdom that I truly believe every woman needs to learn about as well. And so it's been so great to have you on the show and to create this episode together. Um, And you guys, if you enjoyed this episode or if you know someone else that needs to hear it, go ahead and send it to them as well. Um, If you're on Instagram, take a screenshot, post it to Instagram and tag me at Kelsey Lowe show. You can tag Rini at love your moon cycle. Um, And we'd love to be able to connect with you too. You know, that's another place where you could always reach out and share things that were impactful from the episode or questions that you have, you know, you're allowed to reach out to us. Like we enjoy that. Um, And so again, Rini, thank you so much for joining the podcast here at Joyfully You. Um, I'm Kelsey Lowe and we will see you on the next episode. 